So good afternoon, everyone. If you're hearing my voice, that it must be a Wednesday. This must be another episode of 20 Minutes of Your Time. I'm extremely excited today to have a special guest who's going to share her story and then also talk a little bit about a subject that is controversial that I don't think should be so controversial. So Sarah Jury is here and she's going to share her story and we're going to talk about one, her personal journey, but then also we're going to destigmatize the conversation around sex works and OnlyFans because I think this conversation has lingered too long and people are afraid to listen to people that don't align or don't agree with what they believe. So Sarah, thank you for um, being a guest on the show today. And then how are you doing? Thank you. I am so excited to be here with you and talk with you. And um, I am most excited about having this conversation because I think when we have this these conversations, we can open some portals up for people to have some more healing experiences around some topics that are very triggering. That was me. Let's kind of talk about that. So in, in a situation like that, there in normal jobs, right, there is a divide between what you do at work and then what you do in private. So for educators, I don't think we allow educators, and I was a former teacher, I don't think we allow educators to be themselves outside of the school, and it's so unfair. So can you kind of talk about, you know, what is that feeling like when you feel like you're being so restricted in the workplace and that you have to live almost by a completely different set of rules than other people? Um, in our society and culture, teachers are really dehumanized. And we are not allowed to have a private life or a private social media outside of work. This kind of dovetails into my experience as being a single woman for the last five years. And I've been on dating sites. The hookup culture that has been created in our society felt very um, traumatic to me. And I really felt like I was treated like a consumable. And I felt like dating sites were platforms where people could be very predatory in their intentions of what they were really looking for. And so I've spent the, uh, the big part of my last five years single being celibate, actually. So OnlyFans has a really interesting story for me in particular, because um, as a celibate woman, being on a virtual sex platform, I actually felt like I was managing my sexual energy in the most responsible way. However, there is this uh, idea, uh, the shame around people, like people's sexual energy, being a sexual being, people's sexuality, um, where in our culture, we, we shame people for this. Even though every Every teacher, every person that's employed has a private sex life. Mine was no different, um, but somebody tried to exploit me um, using revenge porn. And then um, it became grounds for a firing, even though it was off the clock and on my own personal private time at home. Yeah, and I think there's, a lot of interesting points that you kind of hit on. So we'll kind of um, start with one. When we yeah. talk about, you know, the way that we shame people for being sexual beings, which is again, a natural feeling. Do you believe that women are shamed more than men? And then if so, why do you think that is? I do. And, you know, one of the examples that I'm going to point to is the dating culture. 
So everyone is very familiar with the idea of a dick pic and men sending pictures of their penises to women, you know, it's become an accepted part of the dating culture and men are not getting fired for sending those pictures and those pictures are not considered pornographic. But my picture, my nude photos as a female body is considered pornographic. It was considered wrong and shameful, even a fireable offense. Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it is it's so upsetting, right, to... And again, I'm a man, so I can only, you know, see the result. I can't necessarily feel it directly. But it is upsetting to know that, you know, women especially have to live in a society where they, where not they feel, but they are viewed as less than men or they're not able to experience the same freedoms and then go through those same kind of feelings and processes. So going through that, and I don't want to take you back to that traumatic moment too much, but what is that feeling like when, because, you know, we hear the stories, right, and you see it on the news, you may read it, but what is it like for a person to actually go through that? Because a lot of people in the audience may not necessarily have ever had that experience firsthand. So what does it feel like from somebody who's yeah, been through it? Sure. It, it's an experience I would never want anybody to experience. Uh, you know, our laws are very, are lagging behind the use of technology. And, you know, just, it's very common, especially if you're a single person to use technology to connect with people or uh, in the dating process or even to, to experience virtual sex. Um, and so it's very common to send photos between phones or pictures to people, um, but that's consensual. When somebody uses your photos and distributes them all over a social media platform in an effort to humiliate you, it's devastating. It's devastating. Um, because even on OnlyFans, the photos that were distributed were consensual. They were private. They were behind a paywall. So that person who purchased them wanted these photos. It's a different type of feeling victimized by someone weaponizing technology and photos against you. And I feel like primarily this concept of revenge porn is a war against women, against women's bodies, because I'm not really seeing men's bodies revenge porned in the same ways. Yeah, and you know, if I was to break into like your house or hack into your phone or take something personal from you and then distribute it, I would go to jail for that. You know, that's burglary, stealing, you know, theft, whatever the, the different terms are. Yes. But like you're saying, this person essentially is stealing that information because even though they're paying for it, they're not supposed to take it off of these websites. It's supposed to live on the website behind the paywall yes. behind that. So there's a level of security that people on OnlyFans are supposed to be given and people don't even look at it that way. Would you You're agree? right. And when you're a content maker on OnlyFans, your pictures belong to you. Those are copyrighted images. Part of the terms of service of being on the platform is that you're not going to steal, screenshot, or distribute a content maker's uh, images, especially because knowing how damaging it could be for someone, like it was used against me, that's a big conversation when you see something like that happening. Um, and not only did I feel victimized by 
uh, the photos being used, but also it was almost like it was my fault or I asked for it or, um, you know, the person that did it for me to me wasn't called out for that behavior. And then um, going against like along those lines, because, you know, when I have an interview and I have a subject, I kind of talk to certain people just to gain, you know, understand like how do people feel? What's the, what's like the, the kind of market consensus on certain topics? And one thing that, that kind of shocked me is when we talk about people in OnlyFans, but again, specifically the women that use the platform, people almost feel like like something is wrong or they're not right in the head. And they, they have these really horrible negative stigmas that I really actually don't want to repeat too many of them because again, yeah. they're horrible and they are damaging. Why do you think people view women that use the platform that way? Like, why do you think that people have these yeah. opinions and these ideas? Even and again, a lot of people are not speaking to the people directly. Sure. They don't have that insight. Um, I think it's because in our culture, um, even though we have a healthy obsession with sex and it's in every music and every video and porn is a billion dollar industry and everybody's watching it, we also have um, the exact opposite around sex, which is a lot of shame, a lot of repression, a lot of suppression and um, a lack of having even conversations about it without people feeling triggered. And so it's interesting because I want to talk about my perspective just as a woman, you know, women's bodies are considered pornography, not a man's, not the dick pics that men are sending, but a woman's. And I think we all know the double standard between men and women when it comes to sex. With men, the more sexual partners you have, the better, the cooler, the more masculine you are. With women, the more shame you have. If you want to be a sexual person, if you want multiple sexual partners, um, there are many derogatory words that people have for women because the idea around a woman being a sexual being or wanting to explore and express her sexuality and sexual energy is not as palatable in our culture. One very interesting concept with a lot of people that have been very judgmental of me and my story is being a single woman on dating sites for five years. So in my experience, and I, and I think it's a very common thing, this whole concept of hookup culture, um, I have found dating sites to be very predatory. Um, lots of people portraying that they really want a relationship, but they really just want the one night stand or they really just want to sleep with you. Um, so what we don't talk about in the hookup culture is that in the hookup culture, it's creating um, this sense of being a consumable. So there is this really bad um, dating habits that have become acceptable in our society that have created some really damaging behaviors between men and women. So it's interesting that so many uh, content makers on OnlyFans are being shamed for being content makers. When I will say 
I am doing nothing different on OnlyFans than I was doing as a single woman on a dating site. I was sexting. I was having sexy FaceTimes. I was exchanging nude photos with people. The difference is as a woman, I found a way to take that dating experience where I felt very much used for my body in a physical way. And I found a way to empower myself and monetize it. So women are already being sexualized and used for their sexuality. Um, but on OnlyFans, the dynamic changes. And instead of feeling disempowered, women are able to feel empowered, to take control of uh, being sexualized and find a way to monetize it. And I think that's really the crux of what upsets people. Like, I think if you really nailed down, like, what are you so upset about? Um, the fact that this is a platform that's empowering for women. A hundred percent. And again, I'm not going to repeat the, the phrases and the terms, but to your point, if a woman posts something racy or on, on Instagram where they're not profiting, it's they, they just get a bunch of likes cool, we like the picture, you know, we, we, we comment and we do whatever we want to do. It's a if thirst the, trap. Right. And, you know, just like you're saying, if it's a single woman who's sending these to a specific man or a specific individual, it's like, oh, like she likes this guy, like that's cool. But it's when the money gets involved and when she's in, and also too, when she's in control, because think that's about it. this, there have been nude models and there have been racy, you know, modeling industries for years, right? Like this yeah. is not a new concept. The new part of it is now the women are in control. And then you, you talk about, you know, it, it is an empowering thing as a, I think a lot of men, and even there's some women, right, who don't understand how it can be empowering. And I just want to say before um, I let you answer that question, if you are a woman and, it do, and that doesn't make you feel empowered, that is okay. But um, can you explain to people just so they can hear it in somebody's words? How does yeah. how is that feeling empowering? How is that an empowering feeling for you? Mostly what people are wanting is like autonomy and sovereignty over their bodies, right? So some women like to dress conservatively and that's what makes them feel empowered. And some women like to dress sexy and that makes them feel empowered. Each woman gets to choose and that's her sense. So I like that you, you said that, that this is not going to resonate with everyone. And it may not resonate with people who are partnered. You know, for me on OnlyFans, being a celibate woman, being part of that dating culture for the last five years, it's exhausting. So for me and my experience being a single woman on those dating sites, it felt very disempowering. It felt very sad. It felt very, it felt very hard to navigate because I was really looking for like this heart and soul connection. And I re really wanted to be partnered and uh, fall in love. And I kept getting these recycled experiences of the same thing, which is chatting with someone, getting ghosted, going on a date, okay, maybe having sex with them and then never hearing from them. I think that creates a certain psychology with somebody feeling like a consumable, feeling used. Um, 
so when you've had those experiences over and over for years, yeah, you don't like, like I just kind of decided it was healthier for me to be celibate and not participate in that because it, it, you know, it created some, some traumas around sex for me. Now on OnlyFans, this very same behaviors um, that I was doing on a dating site, which is very common and regular, exchanging pictures or FaceTiming or whatever. Um, I'm doing the same things, but it's on a safe and virtual platform. Uh, it's private and um, transactional um, experience. So it removes any sense of manipulation or being used by somebody um, because um, everybody knows why we're, <laughs> we're here <laughs> and uh, why we're on the platform together. Um, so in that sense, it did become empowering because I was able to take that situation and not only find a way to express my sexual energy, but also monetize it. There's one thing that I really want to have your opinion opinion on. And I think this is important because we had kind of mentioned earlier that the laws when it comes to sex, sex work, and this entire conversation are so old and so um, outdated and they need to be updated. So yeah. what are some things that we talk about like legally, right? That like, you know, on paper in the rubles, what are some things that we should be looking for or we should be trying to change in order to kind of further this conversation and change people's minds? Yeah, I think the revenge porn laws need to be stronger. Um, I think we have to get on top of that because um, people using technology to weaponize this shame and stigma around bodies and sex is really wrong. It's damaging and it's traumatic. Okay. Uh, so I think let's start there. But I think as you mentioned earlier, it's more about having these conversations around sex so that we can remove the stigma. And it is my opinion being on OnlyFans. Um, and I want to give a unique perspective because a lot of people talk about OnlyFans and they've never been on the platform. So they're just being very triggered by the word, okay? Um, it is very true that although OnlyFans is known for a platform around sex, if you look in the DMs, there's a lot happening. So um, there are a lot of reasons and very good and healthy reasons that a person should choose a virtual sex platform. For example, someone like me who's celibate, okay? Um, nobody's getting pregnant on OnlyFans. Nobody's spreading diseases on OnlyFans. Um, I have a fan, for example, who is a widow, a recent widow. Well, he still has sexual energy. He still has sexual needs, but he's grieving and um, not ready to date or be with a, a, a person in an intimate physical setting yet. You have people um, with disabilities. You have maybe older people. You have people who 
are very lonely or maybe they have trouble dating. There's a myriad of reasons for people to choose OnlyFans and it's a safe and private way for them to express their sexual energy. Um, it's a responsible way of expressing sexual energy actually. If you looked in my DMs, you would see lonely men. You would see men who are struggling with depression and mental health issues that we do not support in our culture. And so it may be true that it feels safer to lead through sexual energy and then open up about mental health issues um, than maybe going and sitting in a therapist's office. There are many good reasons that people choose OnlyFans, legitimate reasons. And I feel that if we could have these really important conversations, like you said, if we could remove the stigma about around being a sexual person, then it would alleviate a lot of these issues of feeling suppressed and repressed or shamed. People can explore kinks on OnlyFans in healthy ways that's not hurting other people. On OnlyFans, people aren't out um, manipulating people for sex on dating sites. People have traumas around sex. They might have been raped or had um, molestation um, growing up. Different traumas that make sex difficult and only fans and a virtual platform can help people work through issues like that. So if we if we change the paradigm and the conversation around only fans and virtual sex, it has such a uh, an important and potentially beneficial healing capacity in our in our culture, especially when we talk about the conversations around abortion and stuff. Why are we not promoting masturbation and virtual sex more? I mean, these, mm -hmm. these are real issues and, and real triggers that people have, yet you're totally excluding an entire platform that people can manage their sexual energy in a private and virtual way that's not harming anybody. So this whole concept of shaming people around their, their sexuality and, and, and their sexual energy is very damaging to us as a culture. It's very damaging. And I think because of that damage, that's why people are on OnlyFans because they want a place to express it in a, in a way that's, that's safe and not harmful to themselves or, or other people. Yeah, absolutely. So um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed this conversation. Again, I'm, I'm so excited that you were able to come here today to, to be able to break down some of these stigmas. And, you know, my hope is that people that are listening to this, they kind of question themselves, question what they believe, question what they've been told, whether they're a man or a woman, whether they are a sex worker or not. So we're going to turn it over to my favorite portion of the show, which is called the final minute. And I know we've talked about so much, but um, I, the final minute is where I stop talking and then I kind of turn it over to you so you can get the last word to the audience about how do we destigmatize the sex workers, the sex industry. And so what are some things that we can do to change the way that we're viewing this? We need to look at as a, as a culture and as individuals, what around sex and sexuality do we need healed? 
because when you are deeply triggered about something, that trigger is showing you that something needs healed inside of you. And so even though if you want to project upon a sex worker or someone on OnlyFans, what's really happening is there's something inside of you that's misaligned around sex and sexuality. Um, and something needs to be embraced or explored and no better place to do that on OnlyFans. So I think keep an open mind and um, keep having these really important conversations um, around sex and sexuality because people need to be liberated. It, sex is a human feeling. It is every person's experience being in a body and it really should be a joyful, healing, fun, and um, wonderful expression of, of living inside of a body and part of the human experience. So the fact that it's not those things, I think shows us that we have a lot of work to do so that we can liberate everyone um, into feeling like really inside their bodies and, and feeling the most empowered and embodied as, as an, a whole person and human being. Thank you so much. And so before we let you go, I know that you have been um, featured on many different podcasts and in many different places. And, and even for people that have heard this, and they want to, you know, get in touch with you to kind of explore themselves and ask more questions. Where can people find you at? You, you got it. And thank you for giving me a chance to let people find me if they'd like to continue the conversation. Um, uh, all of my socials are love underscore Miss Sarah with an H. Um, and those are my usernames on OnlyFans as well. So um, I think um, I wish everyone much healing on this journey. And I um, applaud you for being brave and um, not shying away from the subject like so many people do. And I think that's why it's creating all of these issues. Um, I think we have much healing to do. And I look forward to having these conversations and helping people heal around uh, these issues. Thank you so much, Sarah Jure, for coming on the show. Thank you for the audience for giving me another wonderful 20 minutes of your time. I will see you guys next Wednesday. <laughs>